Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell, and this week we've got a treat for you, everybody. Randy Andy Datsun is away. Well, hey, there's your treat. No, our actual treat is uh, who we've got to replace him. We've got the lovely Adam Pearson with us. Hey, Adam. Hello, Pete Quinnell, my friend. How are you on this very merry Saturday? I am doing pretty well. It's been it's been a stressful morning. But I'll I'll get to that later. Um, but yeah, no. How how are you doing, Adam? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I woke up. I watched SmackDown. I was at Friday Night Magic last night doing some of that. Then Magic the Gatherings because nice. I'm cool. Oh so, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm good. Yeah, awesome. Uh, we'll get into more of the uh, the real life stuff in the outro here. But first, we'll get talking about SmackDown. And we're going to be talking about the Thunderdome to start off, uh, because that debuted on SmackDown last night. Here's the show. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about this Thunderdome because it was unveiled shortly on social media before the show and on the show itself. It was kind of the, the big opening bit was all of this lights and pyro and all that stuff shoving off the Thunderdome. Uh, it does kind of look like a game of Guess Who a little bit, but I thought it was okay. Yeah, I thought I, it was fine. I like it because it's, yeah. it's the first week. So they're not going to get it right first time, and it might need a bit of tweaking in its in its execution. But I think it's certainly better than just blank space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, kind of guess who? It does look like a giant episode of Take Me Out, doesn't it? <laughs> that's, that's that's a great analogy. 
Does that translate? Is that in the US? Does that translate? The US version of Take Me Out is savage. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, the thing is, though, the thing I really miss about the thing that lockdown is really showing and then being in the PC and stuff, the thing that I really miss is crowd reactions. It's crowd noise. That's the thing that is the main draw for crowds for me. Like the the instant feedback you get when someone does a really awesome spot and the crowd goes, yeah, Rob, awesome. This is awesome. All that jazz. You know, mm. that is the stuff I miss. So, and none of the noise from any of the people that were on the the audience was obviously transmitted to the feed, which makes sense because not a lot of people are going to have good audio setups. It's probably going to sound a bit crap, but it seeing people's faces doesn't really change that much for me as a viewer. It feels like people are there, which is nice, but the th it it's still lacking that connection with the crowd. I think it's yeah. like it's like, a, it's like a fake crowd, if that makes sense. Well, because they're watching it on their own, and you're not gonna you're not gonna pop if you watch it on your own in in solitude. Oh, you kind of crowd members feed off other crowd members in their reaction. It's the, it's the community of, of of the whole thing. It's the same when you go and see stand-up comedy live. You'll you'll laugh louder and more than if you just watch the same DVD in in the flat on on your own. And but I I liked it. Did did you see the email that they sent out to all the all the participants? Oh, which one was that? I've seen a few different bits going around. Well, there was the so it was on first come first served, and mm. it was also and like it didn't say no AEW t-shirts, but they pretty much said no AEW t-shirts. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but also it is very funny um, for them to just be like, you can't wear this t-shirt. It has to be non-brand specific um, unless it's ours and that's fine. Um, you know, I, 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 it's just a shame that I think that all the noise that you can hear now is just purely piped in uh, and, you know, none of it is kind of genuine because granted the NXT guys that were in the crowd before behind the, the plexiglass creating the noise may not have been entirely genuine. They may have been told you must react this way for this certain thing. But I think I still might have preferred that over complete canned boos and cheers. I, I don't yeah. know. It's hard to say, but I do think this is an upgrade. It looks infinitely better than the performance center with the plexiglass around it. It just mm -hmm. looks like a proper arena. I've really liked the fact it looks like the intro to SmackDown. It's a great touch. Really like that. It's just, I don't know, so, something's just not clicking for me. There's, there's just that slight lack of connection for me as a viewer anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, there, there is a bit of a disconnect with the lack of, as you say, instant feedback. Mm. And maybe we could do somewhere in between where we get a few of the kind of more vocal NXT guys to still come mm. and like, so I just want that one guy that shouts things like yeah. this is I or I want that one guy just there all the time. You suck, AJ. Yes, I want that guy. That guy. We should get Rick Bugs in. Uh, he'll he'll sort everything. Um, but overall, I'd say, yeah, for the first outing, I'd say it was fairly successful for what it wanted to do. It felt very different. It felt like a bit of a reset for them moving out of the performance center era of their programming, going to the Thunderdome era. Um, still not sold in the name Thunderdome. That's a different story. No. 
but you know, whatever. I don't like it. I don't. I don't like the way people are saying it. Kind of when I saw Vince in the ring, I was like, "He's going to do it, isn't he?" Yes. He's literally going to say, "Welcome, Chizza," and then completely change his voice to say the word Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just. It, it, and I tell you what else did not sell me on it was Michael Cole opening up the show, going, "WWE is bringing the Thunder in the Thunderdome." I was like, "Shut." I I also explained <laughs> it that night. No one can bring the Thunder to TV. Like WWE, and I was like, <laughs> WCW did it on a weekly basis for like, <laughs> for like two years. <laughs> oh, 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 it's, oh, it's, on, it's on you, it's literally on your network. It's all WWE, they bought WCW, so now it's WWE Thunder. That's what it is, it doesn't exist anymore. It's all WWE. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, um, I'm excited to see how they use the screens to make the summertime entrances really cool. Mm, that excites totally. me. How they'll use the technology to add bells and whistles to like the scene's mm. entrance or Braun's entrance. Because I don't think we've got any cinematic matches advertised for SummerSlam. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. There might be some sort of, you know, fancy camera cutty type tricks, you know, like they've done for um, for example, with the the whole angle they did with Elias getting pushed off the the tower in the performance center, they did the camera cut. They even did a camera cut on this episode with uh, Bray Wyatt getting thrown onto concrete, um, and oh. definitely not a crash man. Um, yeah, so there might be some some trickery with that, but there's no full on swamp fights, boneyard matches type type deal for this one. Um, yeah. Which yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a change, and it's definitely a reset of the programming. And like you said, I'm 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 curious to see where they're going to go. And I really appreciate it because the first thing we saw on this was obviously Vince McMahon, but then the Fiend came out straight after, and instantly I'm like, God, I love the Fiend's entrance. This is great because yeah. it, it looks so much better in a proper arena than in the performance center. So if oh, they can yeah. if they can up it for SummerSlam and make it even more epic, uh, especially for, for a lot of those entries with Pyro and all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to, it's definitely going to add something to the matches at the very least, at least from the entrance perspective. Oh yeah. If they flash up the words her and heel in time with the music on all mm. those screens, and we're like, this is epic. This is everything I wanted. This makes the nerd in me so, so happy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That is, yeah. That is a great idea to have the hurt and heal on the screens. Oh, that sounds sounds very good. Because we yeah, like we saw on this episode, it's not just those people's faces, they're not there all the time. Cause when people make their entrances, they get wiped to as part of the setup of the lighting of people's entrances. We have banners and people's names and stuff like that flashing on them. So yeah, they could totally they have that technology. And I will say, props to WWE for being able to manage whatever that technology they've got is because it looks fantastic to have all those little screens and be able to manage them and change them into other parts of that and be connected with other banners and stuff like it's genuinely incredible it's really good setup yeah yeah i mean we like we we, right ryan dunn gets a lot of nonsense from a lot of the the iwc but this just shows how good at his job he actually is yeah yeah this is a very very impressive setup from wwe and you know from in the middle of a of a pandemic this is probably the best we're going to get in terms of fan participation 
in wrestling shows on, on a on a grand scale like this. Like AEW started selling tickets like 10 to 15% capacity. But like this, I think, is the best way to have a distanced fan base that can still interact with the show. I yeah. Oh, co- completely. I, I don't want to head down that dark rabbit hole of discussing why a wrestling company is selling ticketed event seats in Florida. Yep. Yep. I, yep. That, mm, yeah. Let's, let's not do that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's good to see that we can have in, in so many terms, it, it looks like at the very least, I know WWE have done this for their own, benefit because they want their own product to be better but at the very least it looks like the fans are important to the show and i'm hoping that once lockdown's over and we go back to normal shows and stuff wwe are going to realize they go oh god we do need fans because christ our product suffered when we didn't have them so maybe they might be better about it maybe we should be nicer to them (laughs) yeah maybe 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 not Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Do you like quizzes? 
Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. We now need to say thank you to some very special people. Those are our $25 and above pledge hammers on Patreon. Uh, if you haven't been to WrestleTalk's Patreon page yet, you should. Bunch of extra bonus content coming up there. We've got, we just uploaded WrestleTalk Extra, which was Luke and Ollie reviewing SummerSlam 2010, the infamous uh, Nexus botch uh, that was SummerSlam 2010. Uh, and we've got a load of other bonus content up there. We're going to have a new Patreon t-shirt coming soon for the $50 backers. Uh, and we've got our new Parts One Known series, Calling Spots. You're able to watch the full reactions over on Patreon for at any dollar amount whatsoever. And if you pledge at the $25 above uh, tier, uh, then you can you get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to Full of Flavor, Sean Blanford. Woo! Thank Woo! you. And you get your own cheat pot too. Shouting out to all-star Chuck Turner. Woo! Thank you, yes. The beauty, not the beast, Lynn Bell. Woo! Thank you very much. Yeah. Marcus, he's got Sol Campbell. Woo! It's That's a football a, joke, everybody. Football joke. Yeah. Groovy, Dylan Powers. Woo! Thank you. Woo! Yeah, good, good for you, Dylan. We like you, Dylan. The second coming, Kev Jr. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. Woo! Woo! Thank you very yeah. much. Jordan, don't you dare call me Mountain Jew. Hey, there yeah, it is. Have soft drink on. <laughs> Let's have a drink, Chris Merriman. Yeah, and Nathish Eva Martinez. Woo, yeah. yes. That's an Overwatch reference. Uh, the, the Hunter, Tyler Bailey. Woo! Thank you very much. And finally for today. Yeah, and finally for today, finding Jory Giovanni. Woo! I said that wrong, but that's a Disney reference. It's fine. Let's get into talking about the actual show and what happened. Uh, so as we mentioned before, Mr. McMahon opened up the show saying, Welcome to WWE Thunderdome. At SummerSlam, you'll never see it coming. Branding, branding, branding. Um, and then was immediately interrupted by the lights starting to turn off. And then The Fiend came out. And I was like, say what now? Why is it? What's his beef with Mr. McMahon? And we never find out. Um, because the, the Fiend comes out. He plays a little bit of cat and mouse with Vince McMahon. McMahon moves left, so does The Fiend. He moves right, so does The Fiend. Blocks him off from leaving. And then Braun comes out, and McMahon disappears. So we never really find out what that's about. That's a shame. Um, but Braun comes down to make the save. The two are standing off, squaring each other off. And Retribution 
no wait, sorry, the group that calls themselves at Retribution come out to surround the ring. <laughs> That's kind of a thing, isn't it now? Yeah. The group that calls themselves Retribution. Why That's use really one good. word when five will do? Michael <laughs> Cole, why do you do this to me? Sorry, go ahead. It's clearly different people as well. Yeah. If you look at the first time they came to SmackDown, I reckon that was children who were grounded and sent their bigger siblings <laughs> to do the same thing. Yeah, they, they, they came out here. And you know it's not Michael Cole's fault. You know he's being told to say that all the time. Just be like, put that over. It's the group that calls themselves retribution. Being told in his ear all the time. But regardless, they came out, they surround the ring, and Braun and Fiend are still kind of staring at each other. And Braun comes up with a smile across his face. And it looked like for a moment what I thought they were going to do was they were going to team up and fight the bigger evil with that. I thought that too. I thought yeah. like, and then and then we're going to get even smarter. And the little details are things that Bray Wyatt's really good at with his character work. He waves goodbye with the hurt hand. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Like he was gonna the, the one he uses the claw for, the one that he gets up as if he was gonna like getting ready to claw someone, and then just goes, bye-bye. And then darkness lights come back on and he's gone. And it's just brawn in the ring. Magic. Um yeah, it, it was it was fine. And then Retribution come in and they maul Strowman. I'm really glad that Strowman didn't come out on top on this one because that would have been really dumb. Oh, when, when they all got on top of him, I was like, if he does the power out spot, then I am officially done with the Thunderdome. <laughs> Cancel the Thunderdome, it's already over. Um, but yeah, they, they maul down Stroman for a little bit before the rest of the locker room stops emptying out and they run down to try and save SmackDown, I guess, or save Stroman, I don't know. Uh, but they come out and they beat up Retribution and Retribution kind of run away. So they continue to be a little bit pants. Uh, but I think I think that's the point. And then you get like the big reveal. Because Retribution need to get some kind of W against the main roster at some point. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the go-home show for SummerSlam is the place to give it to them. Yes. And I, I was also really impressed. There's a lot of really good character work in in this brawl. There was like a lot of moving parts, like the and we'll get onto the kind of AJ Jeff thing later. The Seamus Biggie thing, where they're like, oh, this was meant to happen later, but it's happening now because tempers are flared. I like that. Like, Corbin and Riddle continued their thing um, a, a little bit. And the thing I liked the most was that the last person to run down, way after everything had already been dealt with, was The Miz. Yep. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Chicken S-word heel thing. Mm -hmm. So well. And then, even, and then the air of self-importance then walked around with being like, are people coming? Because I'm ready to run. And he's, <laughs> oh, I love the Miz. He's, he's so, so good. Yeah, he, he did really, really well. And I didn't know whether that is Miz just being a heel and coming out and being like, oh, yeah, they've all got, yeah, we fought him off, guys. We did it afterwards. Or he's some way involved with retribution. Is that a thing? Is he going to be the leader? I, 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 I don't think so. And I'll get into that when we discuss the tag match. 
Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, so so like you mentioned, lots of uh, character work going on here. Character staying consistent while also teaming up to face Retribution, which I kind of like. Um, and yeah, like you said, this goes straight into Sheamus versus Biggie, which was supposed to be scheduled for later on, but because of uh, heated tempers they're gonna do it now uh and i thought they had a really good match um it was really quite physical i bloody love both these guys uh i really wanted them both to win clean and also protect each other and you can't have that but i thought they did pretty well in the uh after a really good kind of back and forth match sheamus was lining up for a bro kick uh but then on the outside corbin and riddle get into it on the outside which was good kind of maintaining character work because all the people that came out from the locker room kind of stayed at ringside to in case retribution came back they just wanted to stay there kind of looking out see if there's any more attackers coming which i thought was a nice touch as well um and then corbin and riddle get into a bit of a brawl breaks out to other people who start getting involved to try and break him up sheamus gets distracted and then biggie rolls up sheamus for the win which biggie winning i'll give it a thumbs up because i love biggie no me too really good match really hard hitting been loving sheamus since he mm. came back the kind of World of Warcraft cosplayer look. Even like the vest and the suspenders pulled down. You know, granted, it's sort of like, so he looks like an electrician on a break. But I, I still really like it. it. It serves him and that character really well. Just, I am Seamus and I will beat you up. Like, don't, no, no other bells and whistles needed. This is Seamus, the Celtic warrior. He's going to kick you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that works really, really well for him. And him losing here, I don't think is too bad. I really want to see him and Biggie kind of rise together to further to the top. Because, like I said, I really like both of them. I think, like you said, Seamus has been doing great work. Really love the new get up for him since the bar fight. I think he's been doing really well with that as well as he can. It's a bad character, but you know, whatever. I think he's been doing well with it. And Biggie's getting his kind of his single switch before Kofi comes back, which is great. I just want him to, to keep furthering that. Um, and yeah, and then after that, um, we went into uh, Hardy was backstage, Jeff Hardy, and he hurt his knee. And they were like, What's going on with his knee? Why is it hurt? And it it's assumed that you know, oh, we got attacked backstage or something like that. I wasn't quite sure, but we'll check on in check on him later. Um, because that was another great bit of uh, work from the opening angle. Um, but then straight after that, we went into the tag team title match, uh, Lucha House Party versus Cesaro and Nakamura. Goodness me, this was a fast match, wasn't it? Whoo, this didn't stop. Oh, good. <laughs> We got, they just, they, I, think, I think they all just went, we've not got a lot of time because reasons. Let's just get everything in. Let's mm -hmm. have a 20-minute match in eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, they did it and made it work. However, can we just take a step back for a moment and discuss who is that man dressed as Kalisto and what have they done with the real Kalisto? Exactly. <laughs> Like, you're meant to be injured. How are you this jacked? <laughs> yeah, he's he's in incredible shape since he's come back. And that could be furthering into something else later on, because that might be start of a new thing for Kalisto, which we'll get to at the end of the match. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this match itself is a million miles an hour. Didn't stop the whole time. Amazing spot, 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 spot. Grand Metal League took a horrible looking bump. 
going oh, outside the he, ring. I can't tell whether it was countered into a powerbomb or not, or he just I, fell. I, I don't know, but it looked amazing. It did. Um, yeah. he's, he's okay, so I'm allowed to say that. Yes. But yeah. oh, it was, and the, the reason I like this, it, it just reminds you how good all four of these guys are. But it's Sorry. really easy to forget that amidst the terrible booking that Cesaro might be the best wrestler in that company. Right. And that Shinsuke Nakamura is a wrestling god. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even, you know, Lucha House Party, who've really not been given any opportunity so far to properly shine, they got plenty of time to do a, a, a few spots in this match and look amazing. Uh, Lindsay Dorado doing his triple moonsaults from the bottom rope, the middle rope, the top rope, I thought was great. I marked um, that. I was like, yes, this is super crazy style. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and then, yeah, they they the finish, granted, it was a roll-up, which isn't as decisive. I probably would have preferred a proper finisher pin kind of thing if they were going to win. However, in this case, I think this was a really good time to use a roll-up because Cesaro countered a Lince Dorado roll-up into a roll-up of his own, and yeah. he won off that. And it's like he counter- he he beat Lucha House Party doing Lucha House Party things. It made Cesaro look awesome. And exactly what I've got written down. I've got I, I've literally written down Cesaro out cruiserweight to cruiserweight. Right? Yeah, it made him um, look great, which I'm all for because I bloody love Cesaro. I think he's fantastic. And what I love about Cesaro is he changes his wrestling style on who he's facing, which mm. is the right thing to do. Like, do Rana counter into the sit-down powerbomb? Complete right mm. thing to do in that situation. If, if it was against someone like the Sheamus, he'd go for the swing. But he's like, I've got, I've got, I've got a clear weight advantage here. I'm going to mess this guy up with like a wicked looking sit down power bomb. As long as Cesaro, I say it time and time again, push Cesaro. Yeah, like there's, there is no reason not to. He has everything that you need in order to make a star. In in just his in ring presence alone. He is an absolute megastar. He doesn't need to cut 20-minute promos or be, you know, even the most charismatic guy when it comes to promos. You don't need that from him because all you need from him is say, I will beat you up. Cool. Done. That's all you need. Even even that entrance, it's like the Matrix cross with James Bond. It's just captivating. He just stands there and you just look at him and think, you're a star. How are you not, like main eventing right now right yeah it's such a shame because he is he is absolutely fantastic um but after this match as well they they get the win with the roll-up but then afterwards Kalisto and Lince Dorado get into an argument and start even like shoving each other and getting in each other's faces and Grand Metalik is there trying to break them up and be like guys don't do that or whatever he's saying um so I don't know where this is going is Kalisto going to turn heel is it going to be a are they just going to split Lucha House Party and they just go on their way or I don't know. With, with Kalisto coming back and being in incredible shape, I don't know whether he's going to go on like a bit of a heel run as Kalisto. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. I'd, I'd quite like to see a heel Kalisto. But I want, I want them to draw out this breakup like a little bit more, maybe till whatever comes after payback, because, again, what is scheduling? Mm. I really want the Lucha House Party triple threat. I reckon that would be a really good opener to tear Ooh. the house out of pay-per-view. That's a brilliant idea. I didn't even think of that. That's a that's a really, really good idea. I now really want to see that. If they don't do that, I'm now going to blame them for not doing it because they just <laughs> I've got ruined it. Sorry. Yeah, you've you've now set my expectations far too high. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued as to where that's going, which is great. Um, we got a really cool reveal at this point uh, from the opening retribution attack. During that, AJ attacked Jeff Hardy, which I thought was really well done because I had no idea it had happened as part of the chaos of the whole brawl. And they just showed it kind of on footage backstage and be like, hey, guys, we've uncovered this thing. Uh, look, here's AJ. And it's him just stamping on the back of Jeff Hardy's knee while he's there, which looked great because AJ's really, really good. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a pretty cool reveal of, of of tying in kind of the whole retribution angle and keeping that plate spinning while also being like, and people are taking advantage of it. Look at AJ. He's such a heel. It's I, great. I love heel AJ. He's just so smarmy and so slick and so like clever. And I'm like, oh, yes, more of this. Never turn face again, AJ. Just keep doing this. Yeah, and just just that whole angle was really well planned out because the first time you see Jeff in the trainer's room, you hear him say, "Oh man, just put a brace on it, just put a brace on it," and I'm like, "That's not how knee injuries work, Jeff. Why do you need a brace?" Mm -hmm. And then we find out why he needed a brace. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, he he got that that swift kick to the knee. Um, he runs into Bailey and Banks and says, I am a champion. You're also champions. You're not quite as good as me, but hey, we're all champions. And then Bailey and Banks go, eh, yeah, whatever. And then walk off, which was great. Love Bailey and Banks as well. Um, we got a really cool uh, Maddie Rose promo backstage, quite an impassioned promo from her, just saying that she believes that the good in Sonya Deville is still out there. And she wants to believe that Sonya can still be good and that she wants to put all their differences behind them and just go back to where they were. Um, it's great. Right. I really enjoyed it. I, I like the promo, and I like Mandy Rose. But I question: Why would you want to go back to where you were in catering? Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Because you're you're on you're on you're on telly now. Just just keep 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 that going. But like, <laughs> yeah. This was like I'm I'm loving this Mandy Rose Sonya thing. I think Sonya Deville is amazing. Dude, I've said it on this show enough times. She is an absolute megastar in the making. This Sonya Deville, I really like. Yeah. And I, in, in my own head, I've already booked the ending to that match. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen where Sonya wins, but saves her own head to make the point, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah. Like proper like Minoru Suzuki style. That'd be amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Sonya did have a promo later on, which we'll get to in response to that. Uh, but Banks and Bailey came out into the ring with uh, Corey Graves next, uh, said, no, they're not splitting up and that Asuka can't beat them both. And then they had a little argument about who's going to be facing Asuka first, because what Bailey said on Raw was just a suggestion, don't you know? Uh, so that Bailey wasn't too happy with going first. And so now she's trying to like manipulate her way around to get Sasha to go first again, which is really smart heel booking from both of them, I thought. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm loving. I wasn't sold on this Bailey Sasha thing to begin with, but I, I have slowly fallen in love with Hill Bailey. I think she's incredible. Just yeah. the, the little touches she does, the, the little things that she says when she's on commentary, she just makes these little digs that are just enough to make the point she's a heel without it being kind of ridiculous and overblown and, and disproportionate. I think tonally they've nailed Bailey spot on now. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
what I was I was less excited about uh, was Naomi coming out afterwards and saying, "Hey, you know what? You should just fight both of uh, you both should just fight me tonight instead." And then Corey Graves just goes, "It could be a beat the clock challenge if you want." And then it was, I guess. Uh, Naomi just drop kicks both of them and then says, "Come on in, fight me." And uh, I was like, "Okay, so I'm guessing this is to determine who's going first at SummerSlam." Mm-hmm. Sure, I can buy it. Wasn't completely sold on why Naomi would be really thrilled with a beat the clock challenge because that insinuates that she can't beat either of them. But you know, whatever, fine. Logic throughout the window, that's fine. Um, you had Sasha Banks versus Naomi, and Banks just beat her in three minutes and thirty nine seconds. It was it was quick. Well, yeah, thanks for coming, Naomi. <laughs> and now here's Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. Oh man. Bailey came in, did the smart thing, rushed straight into the ring and need a need Naomi straight in the head before she'd even got to her feet, kind of thing. But then Naomi, from out of nowhere, hit the rear view and pinned Bailey clean in about two minutes. I I didn't like that. I hate that move with a burning fury. It's it's so so it's it's essentially just a butt bump. Isn't it? And wrestling is the only industry on earth where that isn't an HR issue. <laughs> yeah, that, that and a Bronco Buster are really problematic. <laughs> I've completely forgotten about the Bronco Buster. And now yeah. all I can think of is the Gold Dust version of it from the old Smackdown games. And oh, oh, why man. have you done that to me, Pete? Yeah. But, but on one hand, it's, it makes Bailey look slightly weak. But on the other hand, it feeds into the storyline quite nicely, depending on what happens at, at SummerSlam. Yeah. Because like, Bailey's now going first, so she's got like a legit reason to lose. And then if they both lose, Sasha can be like, well, I might have kept my belt if you'd have just done a bit more work in, in your match. And I think this could lead to quite a nice breakup storyline. Mm-hmm. Between, yeah. between the two of them, if they again, it's all in how they book leading up to it, and then how they pace it when it's happening. I don't yeah. want this to happen in the one week between SummerSlam and Payback. That would be a waste. Don't yeah. do that. If if you're watching whoever writes SmackDown now, don't do that. That's a horrible idea. That is correct. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I I despise the rear view. It sucks, and also. That is a, I understand wanting to push Naomi. Trust me, I get it. She's a fantastic talent and she should be pushed 100%. Push her properly, though. Don't go from losing to Lacey Evans, barely beating Lacey Evans with a roll-up, pinning Bailey clean in two minutes. That's a hop, skip, and then a giant leap for mankind. There's a, there's a, there's a little bit in the middle there you've not done yet. So build her up properly. Make her a legit contender instead of just kind of beating Bailey because Bailey's held onto the title for nearly a year now. And I think this yeah. felt very cheap to further the story rather than actually playing into a legit, you know, there wasn't like a distraction, an accidental distraction from Sasha or anything like that. It was just, she just won, uh, which didn't, it didn't quite gel with what the no. story was going. I also don't know what Naomi's character is. No. Kind of go in the dark. Yeah. She's athletic. That's the character. Oh, yes. That, that's, that's the term they use a lot for, for certain wrestlers, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, 
whatever. Uh, if, if this leads to potentially what the way I think it might be going is that if Bailey retains at SummerSlam and Sasha loses, um, and then you have Naomi as Bailey's first contender, maybe at payback, and then that's when maybe the trigger happens where Sasha and Bailey split. Potentially, Ooh, I, I like that because then they can have Naomi have to go through Sasha to get to Bailey, and then a really good match between those two instantly legitimizes Naomi. Totally like, longer than three minutes thirty nine seconds. That's exactly right. Yes, yeah, they just need a bit more time to properly legitimize Naomi because she's had really bad booking for ages. Not saying that she's not worthy of SmackDown Women's Championship opportunities, but her character needs to be legitimized in that same stratosphere as Banks and Bailey. Um, After that, Asuka comes out and just beats them both up because she can, uh, because she's awesome. And then Bailey had a really nice character moment where she grabbed her title, ran straight past Sasha on the ramp to just avoid getting away from Asuka and then eventually kind of sidled up next to Sasha and be like, oh yeah, we should probably go. But I just love that where she was more protective of herself than actually like getting Sasha to her feet and taking care of her. Again, really nice touches that heel Bailey does, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, so, so good. So, so excited. For, I, I'm legit excited for SummerSlam. Like, before yeah. SmackDown, I was like, meh, because Raw did nothing for SummerSlam. But yeah. SmackDown took care of business really well from their end. Yeah, it did, yeah. Um, Jeff Hardy's backstage again, who gets cleared for competition, and I quote from the Doctor, because he looks stable enough, and if he can tolerate the pain, then he can compete. I'm like... Surely he's not medically cleared then. <laughs> What's that? I oh, I love the fact that that's what WWE's wellness policy apparently boils down to now. Yeah, yeah, you you look stable and stable enough. You you can you work. Can, you're fine, right? You can, you can come out and and do that. It's just like a. Oh, I'm pretty certain they said the same thing about Jake Roberts in the eighties. And mm. um, just no, that's not how it works. No, it is funny but whatever they told a good story like i like this kind of show long story of hardy getting cleared and revealing how it happened and all that stuff it's still a good story i'm still i'm still with it it's a nitpick um and then after that we got the rebuttal promo from sonia deville love this she initially was backstage dana brooke came up to him being like oh i'm so sorry for what happened to you during the week obviously with real life things with uh stalker breaking into sonia deville's house uh, and Sonia just slaps her straight across the face to be like disrespectful and just walks off. I was like, oh my God, you're so good. Yep. I love Sonia so much. That, that, that's, that's what I'd have done. That's actually what I'd have done. Yeah. Someone uh-huh. who I didn't know that well came up to me and said, you got, you nearly got kidnapped. Sucks to be you. Sorry though. I, yeah, I'd double them. Smash straight across the face. But then she comes out on the, uh, on the stage. And interestingly, she cuts a, a wicked promo, classic Sonya Deville promo. She's been absolutely nailing it since she's split since since she's split from Mandy. That's a tongue twister. Um, and then, but then she says, "Hair versus hair isn't good enough." Everyone knows that I don't care if I have no hair. That's fine. What we should do is we should make it a no DQ match, and the loser leaves WWE. And I was like, "Say what now?" That's caught me by surprise. Who's going away then? So what you're saying to me, Sonia Deville, is that you desire Mandy to get fired. Hey! hey. Fire Someone's got to do it. That's is not here, right? That was v- genuinely better than Datsun's puns. <laughs> that, was, 
That was very good. Also, Vinny, if you're making the compilation, please include that in the next one. Thank you very much, mate. Um, yeah, I, I thought that, yeah, this promo was wicked. I don't know if someone needs to take time away, whether like Sonia or Mandy like needs to take time away from, you know, the real life situation that has happened and whether this is an avenue to do that. I think that's great if they are going to do that, if they, if they need time away and they're giving them the opportunity to do that, that's great. If they're elevating that match to a no DQ match as well, that hopefully that lends itself to being an even better match. I'm really excited for that, honestly. I mean, I was excited for the hair versus hair match anyway, but now it's, you know, no DQ, loser yeah. leaves WWE. It's got even more stakes. I, re I really like it. I, I find female hair versus hair matches intriguing, but also a bit... Ah, uh, should... Is this cool? Should I be watching it? Because Molly Holly agreed to it because she was just desperate mm -hmm. to get on that WrestleMania, right? Yeah, WrestleMania card. And there was also one in, in TNA. It was like a battle royale that turned into a ladder match, and it turned out it was Gail Kim versus Roxy Lebeau, and they shaved Roxy Lebeau's hair. And I, I just always thought really weird how watching. Particularly, a, a a female have their head shaved under seeming duress. It just mm -hmm. doesn't sit well with me. But maybe, maybe yeah. that's just me not suspending my disbelief for long enough. Because ultimately, it is just wrestling and not not real life. Yeah, but I yeah I I still think though that from from all the reports that I've I've seen about this story though, it seems that Mandy and Sonya have had a lot of input into it. So you'd at least like to, uh, like to think that they came up with the idea of potentially doing hair versus hair, and maybe now they've changed it to go, actually, no DQ, loser leaves WWE. Scrap the hair versus hair bit. We'll just do no DQ and someone leaves. I, I, like, I like no DQ. Though, again, if one of them gets busted open the hard way, that's going to be an awkward watch for me. That's true. Yeah, totally. Um, but uh, yeah, after that, we then got uh, Nikki Cross promo backstage. She was sitting down being like, Alexa's changed, guys. Uh, she seems like the same Alexa, but she's not. Something's different. I don't like it. And then she says, I've got a terrible feeling something bad's about to happen. That's SummerSlam. You'll never see it coming. Uh, branding, branding, branding. Yeah, yeah. I. I think, yeah, that's just a, an overt tease that something is going to happen with Alexa at SummerSlam. Probably Sister Abigail type shenanigans. Yep, that's exactly what I exactly what I thought. Just she's Sister Abigail, Nikki. We get it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, not much to say about that. It was a good promo though. I like I like Nikki Cross. I think she's a very good promo when she needs to be. Um, after that, uh, Intercontinental Championship match between AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy. Um, again, on top of the whole story-long show they've been doing about Jeff's knee, they continue this story in the match, and I thought it worked really, really well. It was a really good story of AJ just continually working over Hardy's knee constantly and just attacking that knee and attacking that knee, calf crusher, wrenching the knee back, Boston crabs, all sorts of stuff, just trying to work on his knee. Mm. Uh, I, my first note for this match, though, was they're really overwrecking this whole knee thing, which means Hardy's winning, right? <laughs> and you could not have been more right. But from a pure storytelling psychology point of view, really good. When Hardy hopped up to do Whistler from the Wind and, and stacked it, and he, he knows how to fall, does Jeff Hardy. If anyone knows yeah. how to overegg a fall and a pin attempt, it's yeah. Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I mean, he's done it since the 90s of falling off stuff. So, you know, 
he's an expert at this point. Um, I, I did mark out a little bit when AJ went for the flying forearm and Hardy just took a little shimmy sideways and just punched him in the chest. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that was really good. Great sell from AJ as well, doing the little flip bump afterwards. Yeah, that was great. Um, but then it looked like AJ was setting up to win with the Styles Clash. But then as he tried to lift Hardy up, Hardy was kind of flailing his legs, and one of his legs caught Hardy in the face with the knee brace. Whether that was accidental or not, it's a little bit unclear. But it knocked him in the face with it. He had a twist of fate and a swanton, and Hardy picked up the win to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Now, I have praised this story through the whole show and the story they told in the match. Thought they did really, really well with it. I'm just personally not invested in seeing Jeff Hardy as Intercontinental Champion. That's just me. I'm just not into Hardy at this point in his career. I, I'm into Hardy. I'm not into how he's been booked. Mm. Because I, since he's come back, we've yet to have a storyline that doesn't focus on him being a, a recovering addict. Yeah. And I think that is my biggest problem with how they've used Hardy. And whilst I love the match with the ending, who's the heel? Mm. Who, who's, yeah, the good I, guy, who's the bad guy now? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a way to give AJ an out so that he's like protected in defeat. I, d I don't know, but it seems a bit weird because if Hardy did that intentionally to use his knee brace, it's not great. And, you know, it, it as him just hitting and winning clean straight after as well, Twister Fate Swanson, it looked like he did it accidentally, but then AJ was seen backstage afterwards being furious about it. Abyss is still there. Bloody love Abyss. Uh, oh. Him coming in and, you know, him mouthing off to Abyss and being like, "How? what's going to happen? Hopefully this means like there might be like a, a rematch or some sort of implication from this, some sort of consequence. But I, do, I don't know. I, do, I don't know who's the heel here. Because did Hardy do that intentionally? I don't know. I reckon we, we get a rematch or some kind of number one contenders match. Yes. Like, uh, I, I, I'm only booking a number one contenders match in my mind because I want to see Matt Riddle and AJ Styles go again. And that's the quickest way to get it done. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'd really appreciate if they did. I think I mentioned this before in a previous uh, podcast episode. If they did like a Fatal Five way or something, and they had Riddle, Styles, Biggie, Sheamus, uh, Corbin, throw him in there. Shorty G, make it a six way. I don't know. Throw in a load of people that are kind of been floating around the scene for a little bit, and just have them all go at it at SummerSlam. For then they can have the the title match at Payback, something like that. I think that'd be great. Yeah, oh, I, I want that to happen now. I really want that six-way. <gasps> scramble. Championship scramble. Championship scramble. Why not? Yeah, throw Hardy in there. Screw it. Why not? Um, We got the announcement that Talking Smack is coming back to the free network version, hosted by Xavier Woods and Kayla Braxton, which are great replacements for Renee Young and Daniel Bryan. Really like both of those guys. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, and then we got the final segment on the show, which was a Firefly Funhouse promo from Bray Wyatt, uh, who comes in and he kind of explains the history between Alexa and Braun via puppets uh, and just says, love is bad. It can corrupt. You should be filled with rage like the fiend and stuff like that. Uh, it was fine. Was, wasn't his best Firefly Funhouse work, but it was fine. Uh, didn't have too many complaints from it. Uh, but then came a bit that I don't really like, which was Braun infiltrating the Firefly Funhouse. I didn't like it when Seth Rollins found the Funhouse, and I didn't like it when Braun found the Funhouse, because then it's just a backstage area, and it's just Bray 
being backstage, being weird, and it just kind of breaks the immersion of the character a little bit. Yeah, I like, I like to think the Firefly Funhouse is sort of like the scenes in a monologue come to life. That's exactly it, yeah. And then by inserting, like, Braun into that physical space in such a physical manner, it, it, it could be kind of hinting that Braun is now in the scene's head. But then, you need, if you're going to do that, it has to be, like, way more subtle than I think they actually did. Braun just coming in and assaulting a man isn't subtle. And then they took it outside of the funhouse, which is where that idea completely breaks down and where not only have you blurred the boundaries, you just removed them and gone, yeah, it's a kids TV set, mate. Like and their puppets. It's all it's all move on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he just came in, assaulted him, and then it cuts to the commentators. And the commentators are like, whoa, Braun has found the fun. Whoa, how's he done? He's connected somehow. It's like, well, you just know it's backstage. And then you go, and there's a brawl backstage now. It's like, so it's just a backstage area then. You've just you've just spelled it out for us without spelling it out for us, um, which is a bit dumb. Um, yeah, they, they continue brawling backstage. Braun and Bray go at it a little while, and then Braun throws Bray off this little ledge, essentially, onto the concrete floor uh, that definitely wasn't a crash mat. Um, and the referees and the EMTs and the producers and stuff are all yelling, and they're really, really, really bad at staying calm in a chaotic situation. Oh. Um Adam Pierce, he shouts a lot. He, uh, he, he's what he's done is he's confused acting with shouting. That's yeah. what Adam Pierce has done there. Yeah, and I, 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 I think I know the reason why they've done it. I'll, I'll come to it in a little bit. I think I know why they did all the shouting, but we'll we'll get onto that. There's a, an ambulance that is automatically there. Lucky that was there. That comes reversing in to try and stretch a bray out. They don't do a very good job of it. But hey, oh, the worst <laughs> first age I have ever seen in my life. But, but I, I, I don't know what is worse from like a medical malpractice point of view. Someone telling Jeff Hardy, well, you seem okay, go nuts. Yeah. Or lifting a man who might have a neck injury just onto a stretcher, the mm. same way you'd carry your drunk mate home from the pub. Ugh, like, no, no sort of board to get him onto the stretcher, no nothing. Let's just pick no, him up. Fine. <laughs> this will be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's the fiends who needs to be flipped for Sunday. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, so they get him onto a uh, onto a stretcher and stretch him into the ambulance. The ambulance starts to drive off with Adam Pierce going, go, 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 go the whole time. Uh, and then it stops and it starts reversing back. And Adam Pierce <laughs> is still saying, what are you doing? Go, 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 go the whole time. Just in case the ambulance driver doesn't know what to do now. <laughs> right, okay, okay. So I've got a sick guy in the back of my van that's been painted weirdly for some reason. What What do I do now? Do I take yeah. him take him to a local medical facility? Is that like a hospital? Or is it different from a hospital? Yeah, no, it's like, an entirely I'm different so, thing. I'm, I'm so confused. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the ambulance stops. It starts reversing back. Everyone's very upset about that being, what are you doing? You should drive on. And then it stops. The red lights come on in the back of the ambulance and it opens up. A load of smoke comes out and the fiend is there going, standing there and going, ha, 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 ha. Um, and as he's standing there, everyone that's there goes silent. So that was the end of the show, by the way. 
So the the reason they did all the shouting is to show the contrast between very chaotic situation, blah, 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 go, go to the hospital, local medical facility, blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as the fiend's there, everyone goes, oh, and the fiend causes the silence. I understand why they've done it. it just didn't quite work in my head. But, oh, in, in one way, it represents kind of power and fear amongst chaos, which mm. is like the scene's stick. Yeah. Just all the reveal felt a little bit too David Copperfield. Mm. For me, yeah, yeah. It's good I was like, oh, I know, I know how that was done. The yelling is a distraction while the assistant gets you dressed up as the fiend. And and I, I was yeah. I, I was I wasn't watching that as a wrestling fan. I was watching it like Penn and Teller watch things on Fuller. <laughs> yeah. I think that was the problem problem for me. But you know, re- good good strong finish of the fiend character. Yeah, yeah, and. I, I like the fact that on this episode in particular for the go home show for SummerSlam, they try to end it with a big kind of cliffhanger killer angle instead of just like the Intercontinental Championship match, which they could have ended on with Hardy just winning, but that wouldn't have built necessarily into SummerSlam too much. But they went for this one. They gone, right, let's build into an angle for SummerSlam. I like the fact they tried that. I don't get what the cliffhanger was, though. Is the cliffhanger that the fiend is strong? Because we we know that what's the what's the what's the the hook you know for SummerSlam? What why do I need to watch SummerSlam now? Because that to me has just said that the match is happening, which I already knew. But like, what's the what's the added bit? What's the why do I need to watch SummerSlam now? That's the bit that didn't yeah. quite connect for me. Yeah, it hasn't quite got its claws in. Mm. And it's been a kind of would like to watch rather than a I must watch. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, so overall, I thought this was a was a weird episode. Uh, it really flew by, which is a, a good sign, generally. Um, I think I like the Thunderdome. It's okay. Um, it had some really good angles on the show, like the whole uh, Hardy Styles thing through the whole show I thought was really good. And wow. the, the Fiend uh, Strowman stuff, kind of it bookended the show, which I thought was good. And they tried something that was a bit kind of, you know, it, they tried a big hook to go into SummerSlam, which I appreciated. I would give this a, a high three out of five, maybe a low four, somewhere around that region. Yeah, I'm, I'm also I'm also around there. I, I uh, if I give it a four, that sets a precedent. That, no, not like you, high three, three point eight, maybe <laughs> three point eight, three point eight out of five. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was good, and I am excited for SummerSlam, which I wasn't particularly beforehand, but now I very much am. So that's goal achieved, I guess. So, Adam, tell me more about Magic the Gathering. What what did what did you do last night? So I went to my one of my friends has a retro gaming card gaming place in Croydon called Playmaker Games. It is amazing, cheap plug, don't care, Ofcom rules, don't apply on podcasts. <laughs> yeah, just the usual guys. We've been we've been meeting up and playing in paper now for about a month. Because mm. COVID, we moved it all online onto um onto Xmage, mm-hmm. which whilst sort of fills a void, isn't isn't the same. Yeah, and whilst yeah, we've exactly. all got to wear kind of like face masks and and all of that gubbins, which makes communication harder than it used to be. It's still just so nice to see people and hang out and and have the banter because it's quite hard to do banter on Facebook because things like tone and inflection get lost on what have you and context is always always key 
But it's also nice just to play, chat, and go for go for like a drink afterwards. Mm. And I, I've missed it so much. It's one of the yeah. first things I did once all the shops reopened was go and play Paper Magic. And ah, uh, you know, I, I didn't do well. I lost two one one drew one. Having, having gone four and zero the previous week with the same yeah. deck, but that that's the joy of it. Just and anyone mm-hmm. can beat anyone on any given day. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm absolutely with you on uh, doing stuff in person. Like for for me, it's uh, Dungeons and Dragons that we all moved to doing it uh, over Discord and online uh, with my with my group of friends. Uh, but now we we've started to to do sessions in person. We started doing it in my friend's garden and my uh, my other friend whose house we normally go to. They've got a big enough table that we can literally go to the house and still be socially distanced and play around the same table. It's like it's perfect. Um, I've even got a session later today. Can't wait for nice. it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's so much better. Like you said, just to have to be able to be in person and have that kind of banter, because even on stuff like discord, even if you're in like a voice call, it's still like the time delays and like, you can't quite react to what people are saying in time and you're talking over other people. And it's just a bit messy and confusing. Being in person is just, Oh, it's such a breath of fresh air that you, that you really need in times like these. Yeah. I've missed it. Even Blanpier talks about it as like a board gamer. Mm. Like, I've really missed being able to do proper loads of moving bit stuff because you can do stuff like Spyfall and Cards Against Humanity over Discord and Zoom or what have you. But to sit there and like whack out a proper kind of get all threes on the side boards and shove them all together mm. on, a, on a big table and give people 30 seconds to do their turn. And oh, I've missed yelling at my friends. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it really comes down to. I just really like shouting at my friends. Um, if we're going to be talking about real life things real quick, because Datsun isn't here this week. It's also not here next week. Spoilers, everybody. Uh, I figured I'd still keep up the tradition of Datsun world problems. So I've, I've got one here where next to me, on uh, where, I'm, where I'm sitting, it's right next to my, my, my lovely balcony that I've got. And it's got uh, these these big curtains that I have to shut, uh, open and shut every time because otherwise lighting gets me- messed up and all that stuff. So I was I was uh, someone out I think yesterday I was pulling the the blind over and I have my, my balcony door open because I just opened it. It gets really hot in here once you close the balcony door and get everything shut. And I've got lights on for that to chuck out a ton of heat and stuff like that. It gets really hot in here. So I just finished recording and I opened up my balcony door and was just pulling the blind across. But as I reached up to to go pull the blind across, the 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 key from the balcony was sticking out the door, and it kind of jabbed me straight in the ribs as I went up. I have a really nasty mark on my ribs now from that. Ooh. It was a proper like as I like lunged forwards to try and do it, a proper like jab straight into me. So now I've got this really really nasty mark that is not going away. It's been like three days, and it's exactly the same. So. That's, yeah, it's, it was fun. It's really, it's really painful. I, I've got it. It's not the worst stupid injury I've I've gotten, but no, it sounds like super pain. It is super painful because I've <laughs> I've been like jabbed a key or like a mm. draw handle that's up when it should be down, and what, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. That's like an actual problem. I think that's some <laughs> wide problems. <laughs> No, it's not enough of like Datsun's problems where he like dropped a slab on his toe. Ugh, you know, whatever. Ooh, that's not actual too, problems. Too much milk, not enough crisps. That's, that's, <laughs> um... 
That's exactly right, yeah. Um, do you have any Dazzle World problems of your own, Adam, that you'd like to bring to the table today? I, I can. This is sort of like magic related. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got like all these binders, and I thought, I'm just going to put all this in one big binder. But now I've got to move them all, reorder them all, put them all in these sleeves. It's going to take me three hours. Oh. My, my mild OCD tendencies are going to cost me three hours of my time. Jeez. That's... Think of it like watching Raw. Yeah. But not but... watching Raw. That's what I'm going to be doing. In fairness, probably better than Raw. Hey! Topical hey! humor. Yeah. We're the better show, aren't we? <laughs> well, we've got the Thunderdome first. Um, oh, yeah, that's the thing. That was very much the thing. Um, I, I don't think I have any uh, uh, emails to read out today. There was someone else I was going to add on. Oh, uh, uh, there was a there was a snack lash. Oh, no, I had one the other day that was super weird, and now I've forgotten it. I told myself to remember to read it out, to remember it for the podcast, and I haven't. Um Instead, tell you what, I'll tell you about my day today because don't tell Dats in this, but I actually genuinely do miss him on Saturdays because I've had to do so much more work today because of him. <laughs> yeah. Selfish, selfish poo poo head for that, leaving that happens, me. That happens when people go on holiday. Yeah, you I know. You don't realize how much people do until they're like not there anymore. Exactly. Yes. It was, uh, I've, I've had to get up. I had to, to watch SmackDown nice and early. Been up since 5 a.m. today. Uh, mm-hmm. Watched SmackDown straight away. Wrote the review, found news, made a title, wrote the news, recorded everything, set that over, got all the images that we use in the videos, and uh, and then had to, you know, make the thumbnail for the news and for this podcast. Sort, sort out the podcast with you and come up with a title and make thumbnails for that and all that stuff. Got to do this with you. Got to edit the podcast afterwards, the podcast version and the video version. Upload both of them. Like, oh, man. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a whole bunch today. Let me tell you. Oh, oh yeah, I am. I'm, I'm the tech guy on a couple of other things that I, I work on and that I do. And people just like send me over and going, oh, can you just do this quickly? And like, no one can do that quickly. <laughs> can, I, can I do it? Yes. If you need it in the next hour, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly it's that. God, you can pray to. Yeah. It is quite often uh, to to peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, I I end up making a lot of the um pretty much all the thumbnails that you guys will see on Wrestle Talk on Parts of Unknown interviews. I make pretty much everything, uh, and it, it it will be quite often I'll get a, a quick message on Discord and be like, oh Pete, forgot about this thumbnail. Can you make it for me? I'll be like, yeah, add it to the list of the other seven I've got to make today. I'll I'll get to it eventually. Um, but no, I can't make it in the next five minutes. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, it, it's it can it can get on top of you. But I I I've, I I miss Datsun. Never thought I'd say that. Oh. I I genuinely like Datsun. Oh, he's, he's a he's, lovely he's, person. Yeah, we, we we've all met up in in, in real life, and we're we're you know I, I consider us all all like a, a WrestleTalk family, and he's mm. genuinely one of my favorite people. Yeah, but I like, think that's a, we're both a bit dry and we're both a bit a bit droll, and we we can both cut ourselves on the cardboard packaging that a knife is attached to. Not the knife. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I forgot he did that. I, I, oh, I, I've also I done that. Oh, like, that I, 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 can, like, I also do like dumb dumb stuff. 
Like I'm, I, I broke my leg on the way to a job interview once and still got the job. Really? What? Yeah, yeah. Wait, what? You still went to the interview after you broke your leg? So here's, here's what happened. It was the final audition for Under the Skin. Okay. And I literally had one road to cross. The meeting place is opposite where I was working at the time. And I got hit by a black cab on Tottenham Court Road and like properly broke my leg. You pointing mm. one way, foot pointing the other way. Oh. So I called the director and went, hey, funny story, because adrenaline kicks in. I was like, hey, funny story, been hit by a cab. I think my leg's broken. I'm going to be about 10 minutes late. I'm still really keen. <laughs> Don't think I'm not keen. I'm still all in. And, and you were just like, okay. And then, then I call my mom and say, hey, I've been hit by a car, my leg's broken. To which my mom went, well, it was going to happen one day. <laughs> because disabled, I don't know. And then, then paramedics turn up. And then the director comes and signs me. And at this point, I'm under a taxi in my pants, high as giraffe ass on morphine. And that, this is my first impression. And then apparently, I don't remember this, because again, morphine. He said, bloody ham, Adam, I didn't realise you did your own stunt work. To which I replied, do I look like I've got a stunt double? <laughs> and then he came and saw me the next day when I was in UCL waiting for surgery. I needed surgery and offered me the job. Oh, my God. I, I, just, I think the thing that got me in that story is going, yeah, leg's broken. I'll be about 10 minutes late. Not like, <laughs> my leg's broken, I need to go to hospital, I'll postpone, kind of thing. No, I'll, I'll be like an extra 10 minutes, whatever. Just a mild inconvenience, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh fiddlesticks, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> that, that, that oh, man. That's an injury story. I have a snack lash for you. Pete. Oh, my God, you have a snack lash. Hit me with it. So here, here is a, a food combination. It's not unusual in that it's it's been done, but I just mm. want to know where you stand on it. Okay. Chili and chocolate. Okay. At the first time I ever heard that, I was like, chili and chocolate sounds disgusting. However, it's all right. It's okay. It's not my favorite thing in the world. I'd much rather just have normal chocolate or, you know, mm -hmm. with other things. But if someone goes, oh, chili and chocolate, I'd be like, mm, sure. Yeah, why not? It's fine. Where, where did you first have it? What was your kind of debut? Uh, let's think. It would have been ages ago. I probably would have been like, what, 17 or 18? First mm -hmm. time I had it. So it's a good like 10 years ago at this point. But, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was fine. It was okay. <laughs> I, I had it really recently. I was like within the year. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm a huge Hotel Chocolat fan. Mm. I, I, I like, because there's one round the corner from the BBC. They still think I work there, so I still get the discount. <laughs> and they have, and they got you can get like these slabs. You can get like three for ten pounds. So I like mm. to work my way through them. And I had like a, a seventy percent dark chocolate and habanero one. And my my brain went, mm. and it, amazing, like so good. <laughs> but where where has this been all my life? Oh man. And so now it's on like my regular purchases there. There's that, there's the uh, infused caramel milk, and then the, the white chocolate and passion fruit is incredible. I mean, that sounds it. I'll, I'll give you that much, yeah. Uh, I, I might need to add dark chocolate and habanero to my to my next shopping list, I think. 
or at the very least, get some dark chocolate and a habanero and just eat it myself. Oh, but then <laughs> throw your hands way off because habaneros are no joke. <laughs> like habaneros, like eight times the um, is it no, it's twenty times hotter than jalapenos. Yes, that's right. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm okay with spice. I can handle jalapenos on things. That's fine. I can handle mildly spicy stuff, but yeah, no, not not a habanero by itself. I wouldn't think. Um, no, anyway, I, I've done it. It is terrible. Never do it. Yeah, no. I I I once uh, attempted to swallow a teaspoon of chili powder. <laughs> that didn't go well. Oh, that was bad. Uh, it it was it was live on stream that one because I'd done a a what was it? It was when I was uh, I was streaming Pokemon content back in the day, and essentially there was a a method of uh, shiny hunting where you hunt for shiny Pokemon, and essentially you have like a chain. And every time I broke a chain, I would like have like a wheel of punishment for breaking my chain. And one oh. of them was a teaspoon of chili powder. And I was off stream for about 20 minutes because I was just <laughs> coughing into a sink. It was terrible. Oh, shiny hunting is just awful. Like the Masuda method, it makes it quicker, <laughs> but it's still not quick. It's not quick enough. That's why yeah. jumping up and down on the ground makes the earth flatter. <laughs> it might eventually um anyway we've probably overrun for this episode of the wrestle talk podcast but adam's going to be coming back next week so don't worry we'll have more stories of broken legs and job interviews and such oh we will i've already got yeah. them written down <laughs> thank you very much for coming on this episode adam appreciate it we'll see you again you. next week uh, and thank you all for listening to this episode of the Rest Talk Podcast. We'll be back. We've got SummerSlam tomorrow. We're going to have reviews of uh, review of that on Monday as well, and we'll be gearing up because it's payback the Sunday after. Because what is pacing? Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Love you all. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.